Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And you are listening to us on Home of Southern Sports, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. I hope you had a great weekend. We have got an absolute incredible show for you today. This is episode 742, just in case you keep it score at home. You can catch an episode of this show on this fine radio station Monday through Friday from 2 to 3, right after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Like I always do on Monday, I do not have a guest because we had a bunch of sports that happened over the weekend and I just fly by for the entire hour talking about everything that happened over the weekend. I will get into high school football as we have second round playoff matchups. I will get into Georgia getting a statement win over Ole Miss. The Falcons are in trouble at 4-6. and six. They lose another heartbreaker. I'll talk about Columbus State basketball. The Cougars and Lady Cougars, they're both undefeated going into this week. And congratulations to the Lady Cougars soccer team, Peach Bell champions. That's right. All right, let's go ahead and get this show started. So we called the Glenwood game, Thrift Barringer and I, on Georgia Alabama Sports Live on Thursday. We did not call a game on Friday because of the NFHS network, but there was a lot of great games. And I really don't remember a time since I've lived in Columbus since 2015 that we've had this many teams in the Chattahoochee Valley host playoff games in the second round. I will get into all the matchups that is happening this week. But let's start with Harris County. Harris County, they pick up their 10th victory of the season. It's the most in school history. They were taking on a dangerous Ola team. You know, this team, you know, they were a fourth seed, but they were 7-3. and three. They were a very talented team, and Harris County ends up getting the 42-20 to 20 victory over the Ola Mustangs. What an atmosphere. Congratulations to Coach Watson. They get the victory, and they will host a second-round game next Friday at the county against Statesboro. If they're able to win that game, they could possibly have a quarterfinal matchup against Jefferson, and despite what the GHSA coin flip happens, we don't know if that's going to be at home or on the road. Let's talk about the Carver Tigers, another team that can make a deep run into the state playoffs. They get a big win over Academy of Richmond County, 40-2. And Carver has got a second-round matchup with Upson Lee. And I'll get into where they could possibly play because on Saturday, Spencer... They win their first-round playoff game. It's been a while since Spencer has won a playoff game. They beat Vidalia 41-34. And Spencer will host the Fitzgerald Purple Hurricane, the 2021 state champions of 2A. They were the state runners-up last year. Fitzgerald is coming to town, and this is a powerhouse that the Spencer Green Wave is going to play. But if there's anybody that can knock off a powerhouse, it is the Spencer Green Wave with their leadership, from their three-year starter, quarterback Gary Gaither. 
And so we've got a scenario on Friday because I can't remember a time where Carver and Spencer both hosted second-round playoff games. So you got Spencer more than likely going to play at Otis Spencer Stadium. Carver's going to play at Kinnett Stadium taking on Ups and Lee. And so they're both going to play on Friday. I highly recommend that you support these two teams. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that Carver and Spencer are both in the second round. You also have Harris County hosting a game. You got Pacelli Brookstone. You got Calvary Christian hosting the Kings Academy. And then you got Central taking on Albert. I mean, the action on Friday is absolutely incredible. And not to mention Glenwood's in the state championship against Lee Scott Academy on Thursday. I'll get into all the games that happened over the weekend and we'll preview these second-round matchups. Don't forget that Thrip Barringer and I will have our live show at Happy Hour Bar Grill on Tuesday. We are also going to do a show tonight on Georgia Alabama Sports Live as we are just trying to figure things out and preview this upcoming high school second-round matchups, talk about some basketball High school basketball, college basketball, you name it, the NBA. It's all happening. It's the month of November. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty, especially with all these sports that's going on at the same time. Shaw season comes to an end. They lose to Stars Mill 48 to nothing. Shaw finishes with a 4-7 and seven record. The Northside Patriots season comes to an end. They lose to Jones County in gray. 42-21, to 21, Northside finishes their season 6-5. You had Central getting the 63-21 to 21 win over Davidson. Auburn gets a big win on the road against Baker, so the stage is set. Garrett Harrison Stadium on Friday. It is Central taking on Auburn. Last time Auburn played Central in the playoffs, they won at Garrett Harrison Stadium 14-13 to clinch a berth in the state championship where they lost to Thompson. It is very rare that this is a quarterfinal matchup. This is usually a semifinal matchup, but because of the seeding, Auburn got the number three seed. Enterprise got the number two seed, which they actually advanced to take on Mary Montgomery, who defeated Dothan. This classification in the AHSAA is absolutely nuts, but we get a intriguing Quarterfinal matchup between Central and Auburn, two longtime rivals. And every time they play in the regular season, this is the game of the year. Looking at some of the other scores, uh, congratulations to Troop County. I mean, this could have been a lost season with Teo Todd getting out with the injury. But Logan Sinkfield comes in and fills in nicely. They jump up 14 to nothing on the syrup makers of Cairo on the road. Troop County holds on and gets the 14-10 victory. And now they will play undefeated Spalding in Griffin, Georgia, next Friday in Round 2. The LaGrange Grangers, they get a big win against Westover at Callaway Stadium, 45-6. And LaGrange has got a tough road matchup Friday night in Savannah, they are taking on Benedictine. Now, Benedictine is the two-time state champions for 4A. 
They knocked Carver out in the state championship in 2021. They defeated Troop County in the semifinals last year. They just have been a thorn in the side of teams from the Chattahoochee Valley. And so that military school in Savannah, Benedictine, is here. And LaGrange is going to have a tall task to try to knock off the two-time state champions for 4A. All right, looking at some of the matchups, I want to talk about Calvary Christian, region champs. Congratulations to Coach Emmanuel Brunson and his staff. As they are 6-4, and four, they are going in hosting a semifinal playoff game in the gaps. We will have this game on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. They are taking on the Keens Academy, the team that they went up to Woodstock, Georgia. They lost 27-3. to but Calvary one win away from the Gaps Championship that will take place on November the 24th. I already talked about Ups and Lee taking on Carver. Spencer taking on Fitzgerald. Harris County taking on Statesboro. You got St. Ampicelli and Brookstone once again. Pacelli, the number three seed, because they did lose to Westfield School at the end of the regular season. They are taking on the number six seed, Brookstone Cougars. And this is a quarterfinal matchup in the GIAA at Dymel Field. The last two times these two teams met, it went to overtime. I do not expect anything less. I believe that Brookstone is going to give them a fight and might even win this game. I mean, they know that Pacelli has won six straight. Pacelli has been... You know, it's one-sided rivalry, and Brookstone wants to try to get the win. This is going to be a fun game. I cannot wait for this game. And then uh, I also got the brackets in front of me that I'm going to talk about. You know, Lochapoca, they get the win against uh, Southern Choctaw. They move on to the second round. I'm just going to touch up on uh, the teams that are still in the playoffs in the Chattahoochee Valley. That's for 1A. 2A, Real Town is still in it. They are going to take on Thornsby. 3A. We don't have any 3A teams in the Chattahoochee Valley left. Beulah lost to Mobile Christian. Uh, Randolph County, well, if you count them, they are actually going to be in the second round taking on St. James. The Hanley Tigers are taking on Booker T. Washington in the second round for 4A. Moving on to 5A, Beauregard loses to Gulf Shores. Valley loses to Rain. But Eufaula, still in it. They are taking on Faith Academy. Over into 6A, we have Benjamin Russell that is taking on Hueytown. And then in 7A, you got Central and Auburn. Flint River Academy, the GIAA Class 1A football semifinal. They are taking on Fullington Academy at the Den. Big shout out to Joe Howard, the voice of the Flint River Academy Wildcats. And then you look at... The GHSA, you got Troop taking on Spalding down in Quadrant 1. Westminster taking on Stockbridge. LaGrange is taking on Benedictine. And then in the other bracket of the quadrant, Cedartown and North Oconee. Oh, that LaGrange is in a tough quadrant. Lavette taking on Central. New Hampstead taking on Stars Mill. Luella taking on Stevenson. Perry taking on Bainbridge. Class 2A. Fitzgerald taking on Spencer. Model taking on Callaway. 
That could be a very interesting quarterfinal matchup, especially if Spencer can get past Fitzgerald. I expect Callaway to beat Model and get to the quarterfinals. Laney taking on Pierce County. North Murray taking on Fellowship Christian. These are all round two matchups. Union County is taking on Rockmart. You got Toombs County taking on the defending 2A champions, Thompson. Columbia, which is in Callaway's region, they are taking on North Cobb Christian. And then Appling County, the team that knocked out Callaway in the playoffs last year, taking on Cook. Class 3A, Crisp County taking on Mary Persons. I think Mary Persons is the team that I, I think is going to win the 3A championship, or at least meet Carver in the championship, because they are on the other side of the bracket, the opposite side of Carver. Bremen taking on Cedar Grove. So we could have a quarterfinal matchup between Mary Persons and Cedar Grove. That is must-watch. Thomasville taking on Calvary Day. You got Wesleyan taking on Stevens County. Over in the other side of the bracket, we have Oconee County taking on Lumpkin County. Savannah Christian taking on Morgan County. You got Monroe Area who upset Sandy Creek. I thought that Sandy Creek was going to advance as a number two seed. Monroe Area is a number three seed. They beat Sandy Creek. Gilmer, a number four seed, beats a Daresville. So you got Monroe Area and Gilmer playing. Upson Lee taking on Carver. So the winner of the Upson Lee Carver game is going to have home field advantage for the quarterfinals. Moving on to Class A, the defending 5A champions, Ware County. Take it on Warner Robins. This is a rematch of the championship game. I can't believe this is a second round game. Dalton is taking on Creekside. Star, uh, we got Statesboro taking on Harris County. Hiram taking on Jefferson. Eastside taking on Cartersville. Dutchtown, they defeated Northgate, and they are taking on the number four seed Jenkins because they upset Arabia Mountain. So Dutchtown, who was a number three seed, is going to host a playoff game. And then you got Mays that defeated Logansville. A number four seed upset a one seed. Cass upset Kell. And so Mays is taking on Cass. And then Jones County, which advanced over Northside, taking on Coffee. I talked about Alabama, the state championship in the AISA it is set you got Glenwood taking on Lee Scott Academy for the second straight year down at the Cramden Bowl in Montgomery but the AISA 2A championship is going to be Chambers Academy and Banks Academy Chambers got the win over Patrician Academy on Thursday and they will take on Banks Academy which advanced against Clark Prep we talked about the 7A playoffs in the AHSAA, Central and Auburn, Mary Montgomery Enterprise, Hoover, Hewitt Trustful, Thompson, Vestivia Hills. Very intriguing matchups. Some of the other games that I did not get into, and I, I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't got the brackets printed out for 6A or 7A for the GHSA because we don't have any Columbus schools in that region. I mean, you had East Coweta that lost in 7A. You, some of the teams in 6A that are still alive is Lee County out of Leesburg. But I'll, I'll get into that in later shows, especially when we get deeper into the playoffs. But let's talk about the GHSA Class A Division One, The second round matchups. You got Irwin County taking on Bleckley County. Mount Vernon is taking on Prince Avenue Christian. A very 
interesting moment that happened. Prince Avenue Christian was scheduled to take on Athens Christian. Athens Christian just decided they didn't want to play the game. And so it was a forfeit win for Prince Avenue Christian. They advance into the second round. Pelham, who defeated Heard County, is taking on Bryan County. Dade County is taking on Commerce. Elbert County is taking on Treon. You've got Swainsboro taking on Lamar County. Rabin County is taking on Whitfield Academy. And finally, Dublin is taking on Brooks County. Class A Division II. Seminole County is taking on Clinch County. Manchester, who got the win over Mount Zion, they advance to go on the road to take on Johnson County. Telfair County is taking on Portal. You got Macon County that defeated Christian Heritage. They are going to go on the road to take on Aquinas. And they were a number three seed. Green County is taking on Bowden. Bowden ended the season for Taylor County. You got Jenkins County taking on Dooley County. Lincoln County is taking on Schley County down in Ellaville, Georgia. And then Emmanuel County Institute is taking on Early County. And also, just want to say a big congratulations to Springwood for making it to the eight-man football championship for the AISA. I mean, it's going to be a great day all day at Montgomery on November the 16th and, and uh, Springwood. We'll start things off at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. And you also have Lowndes in 1A. And then you got Chambers trying to get a state championship for 2A. And then you got the big time matchup between Glenwood and Lee Scott Academy once again for the AISA state championship game. Well, we have flown by as far as high school football here on this show. Uh, why don't we go ahead and take a break? And uh, when we come back, I will... Talk about college football here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan, 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Fridays, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holders, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And uh, I'm excited to be here, here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. We've got some college football to talk about. We do have the big headline stories that I'm actually going to start my college football segment talking about. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is out as the head football coach at Texas A&M. This was a year overdue. 
and he is out. He gets a $75 million buyout. I just don't get the hire. He was 45-25 and 25 at Texas A&M. Look, the expectations at Texas A&M should be 8-4. and four. That's what they were when they were in the Big 12. And then there was the Johnny Manziel effect. When they beat Alabama and they were competing to be one of the top teams in the SEC, then they said, hey, we recruit the state of Texas. We are in the SEC. We expect to be Alabama. We expect to be LSU. And so they get the big splash, Jimbo Fisher, who was a good coach. I mean, he is a good coach. It's just that he won a national championship with Jameis Winston, got to a college football playoff in Jameis Winston's second season, and then since then, he's been an 8-4 and four coach. I mean, that's just the reality. And so it was a year overdue. So where does Texas A&M go from here? Well, I mean, there's several places they can go. You know, they got big pocketbooks. They could go after big-time hires. How about Dion at Colorado? What about Lane Kiffin? Texas A&M has a wish list of teams. But I also want to mention, now that Texas is joining the SEC in 2024, it's really not that big of a deal that Texas A&M is in the SEC because now you have Texas in the SEC. Before, you had the perfect marriage. You had a team that can recruit Texas joining the SEC. Well, now there's two teams that can recruit Texas. And a third team if you want to count Oklahoma because Oklahoma recruits Texas as well. Anyway, Jimbo Fisher is out. At Texas A&M, and it came off of a 51-10 to win over Mississippi State. I mean, very rarely you fire a coach after you win a game. But the expectations, a little too high at Texas A&M, especially with some of the schedules. you got to play Alabama. you got to play LSU. Hugh Freeze is now at Auburn. I mean, really, what are the realistic expectations? You really think that... They should be winning the SEC West every year. I mean, they're not on the level of Alabama or LSU just yet. I still think Texas A&M's an 8-14. All right, Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the final three games of the season. It didn't matter. It really didn't matter because Michigan went out and they took care of business against Penn State. And it was... You know, not a convincing win. They they won in Happy Valley, 24-15. to 15. I expect Michigan to be probably number two when it comes to the college football rankings. But, you know, they still have that date with Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh not being there could be a determining factor. But I, I got to tell you, I was very impressed with Blake Horm. Uh, in his press conference and you know, the bloody nose. And it just he is a warrior. And it was really Michigan versus everybody. I mean, that, that's what the headlines are saying. And how about that press conference right after, you know, the, the post-game interview, you know, the Michigan coach getting emotional, and you love seeing stuff like that. And I actually loved just the the way that Michigan carried themselves especially with the whole 
sign stealing thing and it is just really it could be a black eye for the program but the program can just continue bouncing back from this and they they'll bounce back from this and i think that michigan you're looking at their schedule you know michigan's 10 and 0 they got maryland on the road and then they play ohio state you know on uh, saturday november 25th but that's going to be a fun thanksgiving weekend i can't believe that's going to be in two weeks but it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think I still think Michigan is one of the top teams in college football. All right, let's talk about some of the other college football matchups. Um, we'll get into Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, but uh, I'm going to start with I want to start with UNLV. All right, so UNLV is eight and two. They defeated Wyoming 34 to 14. On Friday night, and uh, Barry Odom is the coach. You don't think coaching matters? UNLV has never been good at college football. I said on this show a while back, especially when the Pac-12 was dissolving, that UNLV would be a perfect candidate to join the Pac-12 because of the resources. They play in Allegiant Stadium, and you got Vegas. Vegas sports fans, they love their Vegas football. They love basketball mainly. But they could start becoming bandwagon fans about UNLV football. So it was a good win. I cannot believe they're 8-2. And, two. and uh, the city of Vegas is on fire. The Vegas Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup. The Vegas Aces winning the uh, WNBA title. And now UNLV football is 8-2. I mean, so that's pretty good. I just wanted to touch up on that. Now let's talk about Georgia. Because I watched this game. Georgia played Ole Miss. It was the showdown between Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart. I got excited about this game because I thought that Ole Miss was going to give them a run for their money. I seriously thought that Ole Miss was going to go toe-to-toe with Georgia. So here's what happened. Lane Kiffin wins the toss, and he elects to receive. Ole Miss goes for it on their own 35-yard line. Jackson Dart, they, he, he's just slinging it all over the field. Ole Miss gets a touchdown to go up 7-0. When it was 14-14, I thought, oh, this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be an absolutely all-timer, an incredible game, and Georgia punches Ole Miss in the mouth. They win the game 52-17, and you don't think that's a statement win? That was a big recruiting week for Georgia. A lot of Georgia alumni were down on the field. You know, the Eagles had their bye week, so you know all the Eagles players that played for Georgia are going to be at Sanford Stadium. This was a huge win, and I now think that Georgia is going to be the new number one when the college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday. Georgia, they clinch. The SEC East, and they will face the University of Alabama in the SEC Championship like it should be. I got two weeks to prepare for that game and preview that game. I cannot believe it's Georgia and Alabama once again. That's the way it should be. For the past decade, it's been these two teams all the way since 2012. This is the SEC Championship that I want to see every year. Alabama did not have a tough road game. I didn't think that this was going to be a tough road game for Alabama. They defeat Kentucky 49-21. Jalen Milrow, three touchdown passes, three touchdown runs. You got to put him in the category for Heisman. 
He's got to go to New York. Jalen Milrow has put this team on his back. All the talk was, oh, he's not Tua. He's not Jalen. He's not, well, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he's not Mac Jones. He's not Bryce Young. Jalen Milrow is starting to become a very good quarterback, and his draft class has gone up. His draft stock has gone up. I think that Alabama is one of the dangerous, most dangerous teams in college football right now. Now, in the beginning of the season, they weren't very good. But like Nick Saban teams, they get better every week. And now you awoke the sleeping giant. Alabama rolls against Chattanooga next week. And if they beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl, like if it's a convincing win, because all these games that are at Auburn are not, you know, they're very close games at Auburn. Even when Alabama is up and Auburn's down. If Alabama goes into Auburn and they blow Auburn out, Alabama could have a, ch a shot against Georgia in the SEC championship. I think if there's any team that could beat Georgia, it's Alabama. And Alabama gets into the college football playoff and might even win the national championship this year. I mean, Alabama fans did not expect this at all. They thought that this was going to be a rebuilding year. I had a hot sports take and said they could go 6-6. Six and six. Boy, was I way off on that hot sports take, and I'll never try to do that again. But that's neither here nor there. Can't wait for the Iron Bowl in two weeks. That is going to be absolutely bonkers because anything can happen at Auburn. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen on the Plains. Let's talk about the Auburn Tigers. They get a very convincing 48-10 to win over Arkansas. It was on the road. They're bowl eligible, 6-4. and four. Hugh Freeze's first year. Auburn's going to a bowl game. They got a lot of momentum. Playing New Mexico State next week. They get to 7-4. and four. They play Alabama in the Iron Bowl. I give Auburn a shot. I think Auburn can win the Iron Bowl against Alabama. And we can talk about that game coming up next week. Previewing. Probably the greatest rivalry in sports. And I live in Georgia. I briefly talk about Alabama football, you know, being in Columbus. I know how big this rivalry is. I mean, they made an ESPN 30 for 30 on it. Need to make a second ESPN 30 for 30 on it. Because this rivalry just runs deep, especially in the state of Alabama. Auburn 48, Arkansas 10. I think that Hugh Freeze is starting to trust his quarterback, Peyton Thorne. Three touchdown passes. He did throw an interception. Jarquez Hunter rushed for over 100 yards. Auburn is starting to look like an offensive juggernaut. I know they were playing an Arkansas team that was down. I think Arkansas might fire Sam Pittman. But Auburn is rolling with all this momentum getting ready for the Iron Bowl, which would just be the perfect storm in two weeks when I got plenty of time to talk about the Iron Bowl. Let's talk about Georgia Tech. Yeah, they're the other team that I do talk about briefly on this show. If you really want to get Georgia Tech insight, you could listen to Bryce Kuhn. I mean, he's the Georgia Tech expert when it comes to Georgia Tech football and everything Georgia Tech, you know, basketball, baseball, and so Georgia Tech were, was taking on Clemson. Both teams were going into this game. They were both 5-4. and four. And I had some hope. I thought that Georgia Tech might uh, give Clemson a run for their money, especially when 
They uh, jumped out to that early lead. Georgia Tech took a 7-0 lead. Haynes King with a four-yard run. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. I think that Georgia Tech could upset Clemson, get their sixth win, become bowl eligible in Brent Key's first full season as full-time coach. And the program can start to feel good about themselves. But that was not the case. Clemson decided, well, we're still Clemson. And I know even though Dabo Sweeney's been hard-headed about the whole transfer portal in NIL, Clemson is still going to be Clemson. They punched Georgia Tech in the mouth in Death Valley, 42-21. to And Georgia's going to have to wait. Georgia Tech is going to have to wait another week to become bowl eligible. They do play Syracuse at Bobby Dodd next week. I think they'll get that win. They'll go bowl eligible because they are not beating Georgia. Even though that game's at Bobby Dodd, Georgia is going to beat Georgia Tech. I mean, it, that's been a one-sided rivalry as well. The other teams in Georgia, I mean, it's been it's been a tough, except with the exception of Georgia, it's been tough for these other teams in Georgia as Georgia State loses to App State at Center Park Stadium. 42-14. Georgia Southern loses on the road to Marshall, 38-33. So all these teams, even though they're bowl eligible, both Georgia State and Georgia Southern are bowl eligible. And yeah, they, they, they lose those games. And then uh, let's talk about uh, Mercer getting a win over Sanford, 28-21 at Five Star Stadium. Mercer now 8-3 on the season. It looks like they're going to clinch a berth in the FCS playoffs. And then Kennesaw State. They, uh, let, me, let me see, I, I did not have their, yeah, they beat Lynchburg 63-3. to So those are all the teams in Georgia. Let's do a little round roundabout as far as some of the big college football matchups that happened over the weekend talked about michigan talked about that cheating scandal we talked about some of the other i didn't see a whole lot of upsets arizona beating colorado colorado is four and six look say what you want about dion and just everything that happened with colorado they get they get out to that hot start they're three and oh the Colorado Buffaloes, they struggle, especially in a very talented Pac-12. They're 4-6. and six. They play Washington State on Friday. Then they play Utah. They still have a chance to become bowl eligible. There shouldn't have been a whole lot of expectations for a team that only won one game last year. But we fell for it. We jumped on the Colorado bandwagon, and we thought this was going to be a team of destiny, that they were going to be a team that can compete with the big dogs in college football, and they're not quite there yet. But now there's words that some recruits are flipping, they're decommitting because they're just not buying into Colorado. Are they frauds? I mean, they're not frauds. I mean, they are what they are. Like the legendary coach Dennis Green said, they are who we thought they were. Colorado is an improved team. They... You know, if they win three or four games, that is an improvement from last year's team. And remember, they have like over 70 new players. Anyway, you got Memphis getting uh, the big overtime win over Charlotte. Memphis is 8-2. and two. You just wanted to mention that because I got a, a lot, of, lot of people that, you know, 
I went to Freed Harbor with who are big Memphis fans. Uh, Missouri defeating Tennessee, and maybe Tennessee is not as good as we think they are. They are going to host Georgia on the 3.30 CBS game in Knoxville. Miami-Florida State, I watched this game because I do have some uh, relatives that are big Miami fans, and Florida State, even though Miami, you know, they gave them a game, Florida State wins the game 27-20. to My observation on Miami and head coach Mario Cristobal, he's way too conservative as a head coach. My definition of super conservative is you run the ball twice, you end up in a third and nine or a third and eight, and then you pass it. Yeah, the defense knows exactly what you're doing. I'm not a fan of coaches who don't take chances. Look, I know you have a young quarterback. You don't want him to make the big mistake. But sometimes you've got to take chances. You've got to let your young quarterback air it out. And I think that Miami could have won this game, but they were a little too conservative. Florida State holds on. Florida State is still undefeated on the season as they roll into the college football playoff. Washington's still undefeated. They get the 35-28 victory over Utah. they got a big game in Corvallis next week against Oregon State. Looking forward to that. Uh, UCF, they uh, end Oklahoma State's Big 12 chances. They just punched them in the mouth. 45-3. to Wow, I did not see that one coming. You know, Oklahoma gets up back on track after losing two straight. They beat West Virginia. Texas got a got a very close win over TCU, 29 to 26. Ohio State still rolling, beating Michigan State 38 to 3. Boy, Michigan State's really falling off. And then you got Oregon barely getting by USC. Uh, USC's been one of the most disappointing teams in college football. And then San Jose State, out of nowhere, beats Fresno State 42-18. And, you know, Fresno State, you know, they look at their season and they think, oh, well, we could win the Mountain West and possibly get a New Year's Six Bowl game. Well, San Jose State ends up uh, shattering those dreams. And so that's that. All right, we're going to go ahead and... uh, get right into the other segment. I'm going to actually not take a break. I'm going to go right into the NFL because I'm very disappointed with the Atlanta Falcons and they're showing against the Arizona Cardinals. They lose another heartbreaker, 25-23. to 23. And Kyler Murray, I know he's eight, 11 months removed from the ACL injury. Kyler Murray on a third and 10 pulled a Houdini, got out of a sack. There should have been three Falcons that should have got him. You're looking at a fourth and forever for the Arizona Cardinals on that play. And Kyler Murray rolls to his right and gets the first down. He Just being Kyler Murray even before the injury. And once again, the Falcons defense is fooled by a, a quarterback that can move in the pocket. They lose the heartbreaker to Minnesota last week. They lose a heartbreaker to Arizona. Kyler Murray was slinging it. McBride, the tight end, just came out of nowhere, had over 100 yards. He had a big catch that set up Arizona to kick the game-winning field goal. And Taylor Heineke was injured. 
Desmond Ritter came in. He did get the go-ahead touchdown. I did like some of the signs from Desmond Ritter. He looked pretty good. Drake London was back from the injury. I still don't think they utilized Kyle Pitts enough. The naysayers, they got to Arthur Smith. He started utilizing Bajan Robinson a little bit more. It might be too little too late. Falcons are 4-6. and six. They're going into the bye. I would not be shocked if they fired Arthur Smith during the bye. Arthur Smith is not the answer, Coach. You don't lose two heartbreaking games like the Falcons have done with all that talent, and then Desmond Ritter costing you games. Although he did have a good game you know, in relief, the Atlanta Falcons were gifted an easy schedule, and they are 4-6. and six. Now, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. All those games are winnable games. But I think it's time for Arthur Smith to go. The writing has been written on the wall. After two back-to-back 7-10 seasons, and this season could end up being a disaster, Arthur Smith is not the right coach. You can tell when you have the right coach. Just ask Houston. D'Amico Ryans has got the Houston Texans at 5-4. Nobody expected that. He is going to be coach of the year in my opinion, because C.J. Stroud is about to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he is the next best quarterback to come out of this last draft. Falcons play the Saints in two weeks. Even though I think that Arthur Smith might get fired at the bye, if the Falcons lose to the Saints at home, I think Arthur Smith gets fired. But even with all that being said, Saints are 5-5, five and five, Falcons are four and six. If the Falcons win against the Saints in two weeks, they are back on top of a dreaded NFC South. I mean, this division is absolutely terrible. Anyway, looking at some of the other games in the NFL, Colts beating the Patriots in Germany. I think Bill Belichick is done. Two and eight is the worst record the Patriots have had since the year two thousand. I cannot believe. I've witnessed this 20-year dynasty. And it was mainly because of Tom Brady. This 20-year dynasty that won six Super Bowls, went to 10, was absolutely incredible. But they did get a lot of breaks. It's because their division was really bad. Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, they were all bad for the majority of the time that Tom Brady was there. Bill Belichick losing his assistance. I think he misses Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator. And uh, Dante Skarnecki as the offensive line coach. You lose assistance like that. Yeah, you lose assistance like Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. You, you bring back Bill O'Brien. You bring back Joe Judge. It's the Patriot way. But in 2023, the Patriot way does not work. You still need skilled positions. Where's, where's the Patriots' skilled positions? I mean, why couldn't they go after somebody like Tyreek Hill? You know, the Patriots would love a, a player like Debo Samuel or even Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. was on the market. They could have went and got him. But I don't think Mac Jones is the answer at quarterback, and Bailey Zappi is not the answer at quarterback. I mean, he had a bonehead interception off a fake spike. The Patriots need a new quarterback. They're 2-8. and eight. Are they going to tank for Caleb Williams? Is this a 
San Antonio Spurs, Victor Winbenyama situation. Does the Patriots tank for Caleb Williams? And does Bob Kraft give Bill Belichick one more year? Because, you know, maybe in the back of Bob Kraft's mind, if Bill Belichick had a quarterback, he would have a better record. But remember, Bill Belichick was 5-11 and before Tom Brady got there. I still think Bill Belichick's a Hall of Fame coach, but he could not do it without Tom Brady. That's just my rant on the Patriots. It's actually nice to see the Patriots be 2-8 and eight because I disliked and despised this team for 20 years. I'm telling you, there's so many examples of why I dislike this team for 20 years. Texans beating the Bengals. Big win over a hot Cincinnati team. C.J. Stroud is looking amazing. The Steelers, they beat the Packers. The Steelers are 6-3, and three, but they don't play like a 6-3 and three team. They're the only team in the NFL that's 6-3 and three that they have been outscored by their opponents. The Buccaneers, they get back on the winning ways over the Titans. I think the Titans are in trouble. I think Mike Vrabel might be in danger. They're really messing up this situation with Will Levis. I mean, Will Levis is hot one time, four touchdowns against the Falcons, and then has a terrible game against the Buccaneers. The Browns, this was an epic game, a huge comeback. They were down 24-9 to the Baltimore Ravens. The Cleveland Browns get the comeback win, and they are 6-3. The 49ers, statement win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 34-3, complete dominance. And will the naysayers that said that Brock Purdy was an elite quarterback, just sit down, be quiet. I'm talking about... The guys like Nick Wright, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, even Colin Coward said that, you know, if Brock Purdy does not win this game, he needs to be benched. Look, he had three bad games because he was missing Debo Samuel. He was missing Trent Williams. The defense was playing like hot garbage. So the defense plays better. The defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, goes to the sidelines. I think that made kind of a difference. Because the defense played elite, and it wasn't just Chase Young. I mean, it helped that Chase Young was in that defensive line with Nick Bosa. Because the defense played it better, Brock Purdy had a lead. Brock Purdy back to being a lead again. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. No, Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. It's just that when he's behind, he is going to make mistakes. I mean, because he's still a young quarterback. Three touchdown passes. The 49ers are 6-3. and three. They're back on track. A huge statement win over a good Jaguars team. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are good. And now, you know, people in the media think, oh, the Jaguars must not be good. No, they're still good. This was a statement win because the 49ers are a Super Bowl team. Vikings beat the Saints. You know, Josh Dobbs, you know, don't look now. The Vikings are 6-4. and four, And uh, the, the Saints have a, a quarterback issue. Derek Carr got injured. Looks like Jameis Winston is going to be the starter. I would not be shocked if Jameis Winston ends up beating the Falcons in two weeks because Jameis Winston owns the Falcons. I mean, that's, come on. Anyway, the game of the day was the Lions and the Chargers. Lions get the 41-38 victory on a walk-off field goal. It was a back-and-forth game between Jared Goff, Justin Herbert. Lions are 7-2. and two. They win this division. It'll be the first time in 30 years. The Lions look like one of the best teams in the NFC. And, you know, it's not an anomaly. The Lions are a very good team. they got a lot of talent. Can't believe this was the Fox game of the week, but the Cowboys defeated the Giants 
49 to 17. And why not? When you have a third string quarterback and Tommy DeVito, the Giants could be the worst team in the NFL. They truly are. And uh, they need a quarterback. Jan Daniel Jones is out for the season. Tyrod Taylor has always been a, a journeyman backup. Seahawks beat the Commanders, the Seattle Seahawks. If you're not too careful, the 49ers got a team that's right on their heels. Uh, that Thanksgiving night, 49ers Seahawks. Oh, I cannot wait for that game. And then the Sunday night game, the Raiders beating the Jets 2-0 under interim coach Antonio Pierce. Give him the job. All right, we're going to go ahead and take another break. Final segment here on the Sports Beat is I'm going to talk about college basketball, NBA, Columbus State, uh, MLS, everything that I did not touch up in that first part of the show. We're going to cover it on the final segment here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be right back. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holders, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I've had so much fun on this show, like I always do on Mondays. I recap everything that happened over the weekend. I hope you had a great weekend. I know that it was Veterans Day weekend. Just thank you to all the veterans out there. I myself am a veteran, and it was just great just to get some R&R, &R, spending time with the family. We did not have a game on Georgia Alabama Sports Live on Friday night, so I took Friday night off. We went out of town, came back Sunday, and I am just refreshed, recharged, ready to go for a busy week on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. We have the Glenwood Gators Coaches Show. That is going to be tonight. You can catch that on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Thrip Aringer and I will be doing a live show shortly after and then on Tuesday, we have the Happy Hour Bar and Grill live show. We have a CVCC basketball game on Wednesday. I'm going to be away from military training, but Thrip Berenger and Rick Beach will be calling the Glenwood Championship game against Lee Scott Academy on Thursday. And then on Friday, Thrip Berenger will be calling the Calvary Christian Knights semi-final game in the gaps against the Keens Academy. It's such a busy week 
of sports. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this final segment here on the Sports Beat. As congratulations to the Columbus State Lady Cougars soccer team, 2023 Peach Belt champions. They defeat the University of North Georgia by a score of 3-1. to one, And they will await where they're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament as the selection show takes place tonight. More than likely, they are going to host the Southeast Regional just based on their record. But um, it, very interested to see where they are going to be selected as far as the NCAA tournament. Remember, this team went to the Final Four last year. They're hoping to duplicate what they did last year. The Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars basketball teams off to a hot start. The Columbus State Cougars are 2-0 on the season as they are hosting Edward Walters this Wednesday at the Lumpkin Center. The Lady Cougars are 1-0 on the season after getting a win over Miles College Friday night at the Lumpkin Center. Back in action against Albany State this Tuesday at the Lumpkin Center. So good luck to the Cougars and Lady Cougars all season long. I'm excited about covering Columbus State Athletics here on this show. And let's talk about the NBA because the Atlanta Hawks drop a 117-109 loss to the Miami Heat. The Heat were without Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Look, the Hawks, they're up and down. They're 5-4 and four on the season. They get ready to take on the Detroit Pistons in the play-in game of the of the turn the in-game season tournament on Tuesday. They take it on the Detroit Pistons. But let me tell you something about the Hawks. You're not supposed to beat. You're not supposed to lose to the Miami Heat. Especially when they don't have their star player, Jimmy Butler, at home. It's very frustrating. Look, the Hawks have a lot of talent. But you're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win. Look, I know that a lot of teams in the East are struggling. But if you want to put yourself up there with the likes of Boston or Milwaukee or Philly, you got to win these games. So that's all I'm saying. Over in the NBA, uh, I mean, we had some pretty decent games. Uh, the Grizzlies beat the Clippers 105-101. to Clippers are 0-4 with James Harden. They have not won a game yet. I don't know if that James Harden trade is working out for them. Uh, the Lakers, uh, they they win over the Blazers. They're 5-5. Five and five. LeBron actually sat. Uh, the Thunder beating the Suns at home. The Suns are 4-6. and six. I actually thought that the Phoenix Suns would have the best record in the NBA because of all their star players. They are struggling. 4-6. and six. But my takeaways in the NBA, you know, Philly has the best record in the East. They're 8-1. and one. Tyrese Maxey is starting to become a superstar. He finally has a 50-point game. He might be the perfect teammate to Joel Embiid. I think the Sixers might have figured everything out. They got rid of James Harden. Philly-Boston, that is going to be a great rivalry. You got Miami and Indiana, both 6-4. and four. Atlanta and Orlando, 5-4. and four. The Knicks, the Bucks, all you got a lot of teams that are hovering above 500. Not a whole lot of disappointments in the East. Over in the West, Denver and Dallas, eight and two. I actually wouldn't have thought that Dallas would be as good as they are. 
I thought that the Kyrie-Luka experiment, when Kyrie got there, Dallas ended up missing out on the playoffs altogether. They didn't even get to go into the play-in game. But Dallas is 8-2. Minnesota, they're a team. They got some superstars. The Ant-Man, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. I like where Minnesota's at. They're 7-2. The surprise of the NBA has got to be the Houston Rockets. 6-3. Maybe they got some veteran leadership who's got some rings. Fred Van Fleet. But maybe it's because of their coaching. Ime Udoka is a good coach. They got some young talent. You know, I'm impressed. Houston 6-3. I feel bad. Uh, maybe James Harden never should have left. I don't know. OKC 6-4. Golden State. Something's going on with Golden State. They have lost three straight. And then you got Sacramento that's 4-4. Four four. Uh, the only disappointing uh, team, you know, Memphis still 2-8, and eight, even though they beat the Clippers. But uh, the NBA is still young. You know, I cannot wait until, you know, you got this in-season tournament. You got some games coming up on Tuesday. And then uh, one more final note, uh, the MLS, uh, the Atlanta United season comes to an end. They lose to the Columbus Crew by a score of 4-2. to two, And it just hasn't been the same since their championship run back in 2018. You know, another first-round playoff exit in the MLS Cup. Very disappointing if you are an, an Atlanta United fan. And then in college basketball, uh, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. They get the win over Wake Forest. I don't know what's going on in women's college basketball, but the number one and number two teams already got upset. LSU loses to Colorado in the beginning of the week. UConn loses to NC State. So the new number one is probably going to be Iowa and Caitlin Clark. And uh, as much as I love that Caitlin Clark-Angel-Reese rivalry, Caitlin Clark's got the upper hand right now. I cannot wait until these two teams meet in the tournament, but UConn might have something to say about it too, so... Well, that's all the time I have here in the show. I want to thank everybody who has downloaded the podcast and supported me since day one. I've been doing this show for almost four years now. I love talking about sports. I love talking about sports when I was in college and took a little bit of a break. But, uh, I, you know, coming back, that love never left me. And it was like I never left. And I've been doing the whole broadcasting thing, grinding, getting back, calling games, doing sports shows, being a guest on Sports Talk Radio, writing for the Chattahoochee Valley Living. Just everything that I've been doing in sports, I just I love it. I just want to continue grinding and continue giving you great content, especially this show that has evolved. I mean, you look and see what I've done as far as doing this Facebook Live. I mean, I even got the virtual background of Columbus because I wanted to continue to evolve my show. So thank you so much, and we will talk to you next time. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.